This is Pastor Scott. Thank you so much for checking out my sermon podcast from the New Hope Walpolopin Faith, Stairwell, and Slocum United Methodist Churches. We'd love to have you join us some Sunday for worship. To find out more about our locations and worship times, find us on Facebook at New Hope Walpolopin. We hope to see you soon. is from Matthew 17 verses 14 through 20 and when they were come to the multitude there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying Lord have mercy on my son for he is lunatic and swore this for oft times he falleth into the fire and off into the water and I brought him to thy disciples and they could not cure him then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and preserved generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could we not cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. For very of say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto the mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall be moved, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Today we continue our sermon series on the book and steady, uh, the book on prayer called Before Amen by Max Lucado. And we've been using the pocket prayer that Max provides, which, which is a simpler form of the Lord's Prayer that Jesus taught us. And I warned you last week, so there's going to be a test. So we're going to try to say, we'll say it together though, it's a group test, so it's going to work together. So let's see if we can remember this together. Father, you are good. I need help, they need help, thank you, in Jesus' name, amen. Good job, y'all get an So, well, two weeks ago, as a part of this, we talked about how Jesus showed us that, that praying through the Lord's Prayer and how he begins the Lord's Prayer, that he uses the form of a father, which is Abba, which is a very intimate, it's more like dad and daddy than father. Uh, it's, it's a very intimate, and that should be our prayers should be intimate as well. And then last week we talked about how, how our lives are, are some assembly required, and that um, we need to learn to take our, our issues, our things to God uh, right away instead of waiting. And we need to say, I need help, and it's okay to ask God for help, whether it's with anxiety or just letting go of guilt or, or whether it's for healing for ourselves. And today we're talking about praying for others. We're talking about saying to God, they need help. So I want to ask you this question. What do you normally do when someone comes to you with a problem? Do you, do you offer advice? Do you wallow in the problem with them? Because, you know, misery loves company. Do you pray with them? Do you, and this is an ouch one, by the way, do you say that you'll pray and then not actually pray for them? Or do you listen, but then quickly change the subject when things get uncomfortable? 
it's difficult sometimes to know what to do when people come to us for help. I mean, there are obvious times when we're able to do something to help. We can give advice, we can lend an ear, uh, maybe we can help with a ride or a few dollars or childcare or, or simple things. But what do we do when the situation is much more dire or when the situation is, as Max puts it, when the challenge is greater than you are, when the hurt is palpable, or when you feel helpless and impotent to be able to do anything, what do you do then? <coughs> Max shares a story from Luke chapter 11, verses 5 through 10, which we talked about a couple weeks ago. The story of the man who had the, the surprise visitor, the surprise traveler at midnight. And he goes over and he knocks on his neighbor's door at midnight and, and the neighbor, you know, his wife, neighbor's wife kicks him in the leg and, you know, pushes him out of bed and the, the dog's barking and the kids are all awake now because there's all this commotion in the house. And he kind of stumbles to the door and as Max puts it in the book, stumbles to the door in his t-shirt and boxers, you know, and answers the door. But we talked about this, this person who knocks on the door is the in-between. This person is going between someone who has a need and someone that can provide for that need. The person who knocks, in them, we see concern for their guest, we see boldness in asking the neighbor, and we see faith that that neighbor can and will provide. <coughs> Max shares a similar story about faith in this week's reading, and, and this one actually got me a little choked up when he was telling it uh, during the video and the, our study on Thursday. It says, a woman died in labor, leaving behind a premature baby and a two-year-old girl. And this was in uh, the Congo. It was with a woman that was running a clinic in the middle of the Congo. The clinic had no incubator electricity, so the doctor told a nurse to get a hot water bottle. The nurse returned with bad news that the hot water bottle had burst when she filled it, and that was the last one. The doctor instructed the nurse to sleep with the newborn that night to keep her warm, and they would seek a solution the following day. The solution was not easily found. The clinic was in the heart of the jungle. Help was many miles away. The life of the newborn was in jeopardy. The following noon, the doctor mentioned the concern to the children. She told them of the frail baby and the sad sister, and they prayed. A 10-year-old girl named Ruth decided on her own to take the problem to Jesus. Please God, send us a hot water bottle. It'll be no good tomorrow. God, as the baby, will be dead. So please send it this afternoon. And while you're at it, would you please send a dolly to the little girl so she'll know you really love her? The doctor was stunned. That prayer could only be answered by the arrival of a package from home. After nearly four years at the clinic, she'd never received even one package. And even if one had come, who would send a hot water bottle to the equator? Someone did. Later that afternoon, a 22-pound package was delivered to Helen's door. As she called the children, she felt tears in her eyes. Could it be? They pulled off the string, unwrapped the paper. In the box, they found bandages, jerseys, raisins, sultanas, and a brand new hot water bottle. And at the bottom of the box was a doll for the little girl. The box had been shipped five months earlier. The Lord had heard the prayer before it was even offered. Concern, boldness, faith from a 10-year-old girl. We love stories like this. They lift us up. They help us believe that God answers our prayers. But do you ever feel like 
God doesn't answer your prayers? Do you ever feel like that maybe stories like this are reserved for anybody but you? We talked this week in Bible study that we think many times we ask people to pray because deep down we think God listens to others more than he does us. That if we have enough people, a large enough group of people praying, that maybe, just maybe, God will listen to one of them or maybe even be swayed by so many people praying about the same thing. But nowhere in Scripture does Jesus tell us that we have to have a large group of people praying in order for him to hear us. And nowhere do we read that he only listens to certain people. As a matter of fact, time and time again, Jesus says yes to people. People who ask him for healing, for friends and family members. The disciples even try to talk him out of it sometimes, and yet he still says yes. He said yes because of the faith and boldness of the people asking him. I said that when we began this study that, that I think our prayers should be consistent and persistent, but I think they also need to be bold. Not rude or overreaching, but bold. See, I grew up believing that, that when you pray that you should ask for your request, but then you should also say, God, your will be done. I think that's a cop-out. I've been thinking about this recently. I think by saying, God, your will be done, we're giving an out to God to not answer our request. And I think that's not praying with boldness. That's praying like, God, if you're not too busy, would you please answer this request? Because I think we, we, we give this cop out because then if the prayer, request, the prayer request is not answered, then we can look back and say, well, God must not have wanted to answer that request. See, that's not boldness. That's praying with an out. In the passage today from Matthew 17, we see the demon-possessed boy brought to Jesus after the disciples failed to heal him. Jesus scolds the disciples for their lack of faith and then heals the boy himself. The disciples ask Jesus why they couldn't heal him, and Jesus gives them this answer. You don't have enough faith, Jesus told them. I tell you, if you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. See, the problem was Jesus tried to heal the boy, or the disciples, rather, tried to heal the boy without Jesus. This is unbelief. This is trying to do it yourself. This is believing that you can do it, but not believing that Jesus can. See, if the disciples had simply called on Jesus, he would have known. Remember, he knew that the woman in faith touched the hem of his robe and was healed. He felt the power go out. I'm sure he would have known if the disciples had even prayed in his name to heal this boy. The thing is, it doesn't take a mountain-sized faith. It takes a mustard seed-sized faith. But the thing is, this mustard seed-sized faith is a mountain-moving one. We need to pray consistently, we need to pray persistently, and we need to pray boldly in faith. But I also believe there's another aspect that we're lacking. James 5.16 in the New Living Translation says, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other, so that you may be healed. The earnest power of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. The prayers of a righteous person. The prayers of someone who's righteous before God. Who's someone who's right with God. 
A synonym for boldness is fearlessness. We cannot fearlessly approach God while holding on to secret sin or guilt in our lives. Imagine our story of our, of our guest from today, the host. Imagine if that host was at odds with that neighbor, if they were hiding something, or, or if there was a fight or something going on between them. Would they even risk approaching that neighbor at all? And if they did, would they, would they run away at the first sign of, of resistance? In order for us to have the faith to approach God with boldness, with fearlessness, we must first be righteous. Luke 11, 9 through 10 tells us to keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. If you really believe this passage, if you really believe that God would hear your prayers and answer them, what would you ask God to do for the people you care about? If you really believe this passage, what would you ask God to do for you? For our churches, for your friends, for our community, for our nation. One of the things that Max tells us about God is that God can change his mind. He shares the story of Moses and the Israelites found in Exodus 32. This is the story of when the people had formed the golden calf and God was less than pleased. God had basically told Moses that he was going to wipe the people out. He was saying that, you know what, Moses, I'm just going to take you and your, your descendants and we'll just create the, the nation out of you. We're going to take the rest of these people and I'm done with them. I'm just going to wipe them out. And this is what happens between Moses and God. But Moses tried to pacify the Lord as God. O Lord, he said, why are you so angry with your own people whom you brought from the land of Egypt with such great power and such a strong hand. Why let the Egyptians say their God rescued them with the evil intention of slaughtering them in the mountains and wiping them from the face of the earth? Turn away from your fierce anger. Change your mind about this terrible disaster you have threatened against your people. Remember your servants Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You bound yourself with an oath to them, saying, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars of heaven, and I will give them all this land that I have promised to your descendants, and they will possess it forever. Verse 14 says this, So the Lord changed his mind about the terrible disaster he had threatened to bring on his people. God changed his mind. Now, we do not change God's intention. We don't necessarily change God's overall will. But Max says we can change how God implements his will. We can influence God to an extent. God listens to his people. This week, I want to encourage us. And if you haven't started yet, I want this week to be the week you do it. I would encourage us to pray. Consistently, I want you to pray each day. I want you to pick five things that are important to you. It could be people you're worried about. It could be people that don't believe. It could be people that are struggling and need healing. It could be something in our world, our, our community, your neck of the woods, if you will. I want you to pray every day. 
And I want you to pray every day for those things, persistently, to continue every day to bring those things to God. And I want you to pray boldly. I don't want you to come and, and as like you're blowing out the candles in your birthday cake or wishing upon a star as you approach the throne of God. I want you to say, God, please help this person believe. God, please heal this person. Pray with faith, with that mustard seed-sized faith. Pray boldly in faith. But before you do it, I want you to make sure that your life is righteous, that you're, you're justified with God, that things are good between you and your Father in heaven. And so as we close, we're going to do this. Not out loud. But I'm going to begin praying, and then I'm going to offer a moment for us to silently confess our sins, our issues, our guilt, our things that maybe keep us from approaching God's throne. It could be something that you have prayed for forgiveness for for years, but you've not let it go yourself. And I'm going to ask us to pray for anything that is interfering with our fearlessness or with us fearlessly approaching the throne of God. Would you please pray with me this morning? Dear God, we come to you today and we thank you for all that you do for us. We thank you for the faith that you've given to us. We thank you for the faith of those that have gone before us. We come today wanting to learn to approach you with, with intimacy, but with fearlessness. We shouldn't approach our Father in fear, but sometimes we do because of our reluctance to let go of the things that come between us and you. So this morning, we give these things over to you as we silently pray and ask for your forgiveness. God, we lay these things at the foot of the cross. We lay them at the foot of Jesus. We give these things over to you and ask that you would just come and let us know that we are forgiven, that you would take these things away from us, and that you would let us know that we are redeemed and that we are righteous with you and that we can approach your throne with boldness knowing that there is nothing coming between us. We ask that you would send our, your spirit to us that would help provide us the words to say, the things to pray for, they would just give us the strength and the boldness and faith to come to you with whatever is on our hearts and minds right now. We just thank you and praise you for Jesus who came and took away and made a way for us to come to your throne. We ask this in his name.